The Book Guys Show is brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash bookguys and get a free book just for trying them out for one month. This is the Book Guys Show. My name is Paul Alves, joined as always by a great panel of book lovers, book aficionados, podcasters, all kinds of stuff. We have, as always, Father Robert Balliser, all the way from Washington. How are you, Padre? Nice to be back in D.C. after, uh, I think it was like a two-week road trip, uh, taking me to four different countries and three different continents. It's always nice to come back to the warm confines of snowy D.C. Welcome, welcome to the Book Guys Show. <laughs> We are joined this week, gentlemen, and once again joining us, Pat Flewelling from CrimeWritersCanada.com. Nothing to do with mysteries. <laughs> I got it right this time. Yes, you did. Uh, and also joining us, Pat, all the way from the reverse polarity Doctor Who convention, it's Colleen Hillrup. How are you, Colleen? Good. How are you? <laughs> oh, always great to have another Whovian on the show. That makes three of us. Yes. Hey, Colleen, I cannot tell you how happy I am to have you on, to, that we can geek out. Because there have been some really fun, well, happenings in the Whoiverse. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping we can really get into it. Hey, Padre, speaking uh, of fun happenings, now, I, I'm told by uh, our good friend Bill Meeks, who's the gentleman who did the animation for our, our theme, our theme song, our video show, that he dared you to do something when you were doing the tour <laughs> on Fox and... Al Jazeera and CNN and that whole... Yeah. Yeah, he dared you to throw up the Diamond Club sign and you did it. Right, we're going right. to play the video. We're going to play the video right Thank now. You. Not only is Pope Francis the first pope from the Americas, but he broke another barrier, becoming the first Jesuit pope. Jesuit father Robert Balliser is the director of the National Vocation Promotion. He joins us in studio now to talk about what this means for the society of jesus or jesuits as i'm learning i'm learning all of this Absolutely. as those, well those two are interchangeable they are oh, welcome to the studio thank you thank you for having me uh any indication then about perhaps the movement moving forward the priorities uh, the direction that this pope might want to lead the church and i know it's his first full day on the job and that i'm asking you thousands of miles away but what would you think uh from from the background of the man who is now pope well i, I think the clues for his reign are really found in that, that dichotomy that I talked about. Way to go, Padre! <laughs> <laughs> so let, let, me, let me set the stage there. Uh, we had just heard about the announcement. The, the Pope just came out on the balcony. And, uh, of course, he's a Jesuit Pope, which is my religious order. So first Jesuit Pope in the, in the uh, history of the Church. First American Pope, a Pope from the Americas in the history of the Church. First Pope named Francis. And the, the phones here at the office just started ringing off the hook. Everyone wanted the official word on, okay, who are the Jesuits? What do you guys do? What do you think about this new pope? So in the span of 36 hours, it was like CNN, MSNBC, uh, Fox, Al Jazeera, BBC, NPR. We did the whole circuit, uh, basically get, grabbing whoever, whoever we had at the office. We all dressed them up, made them sell the right things, and sent them on their way. So I got Fox News. And uh, as you said, you know, Bill Meeks dared me, he and, uh, and uh, Patrick Delahanty, to throw up the symbol. It, it's, it just looks like this. It's like a, a two fingers coming together to form a diamond. And that's the symbol for our, one of the shows on the Twit Network, the NSFW show. So I, I worked it in the, con the conversation, as you saw there, by talking about a dichotomy. Now, the, here's, here's the <laughs> thing about an artful troll. If you're a regular troll... 
you just do things and you just people hope people don't notice. I actually worked it into the conversation. Now, this this was this is the Venn diagram for a dichotomy. When we talk about dichotomy, we're talking about two points forming this area of congruence. So um, the funny thing about the Fox interview was I was I had my fingers up and then they cut to that B-roll talking about the Pope. And so so I'm looking at the monitor and I'm realizing they're not looking at me. So I start treading water and I'm just making stuff up and, and just hoping they cut back until finally they do and boom, we make the symbol and we go away. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's kind of fun. I, I actually trolled Al Jazeera later on in the day. But the problem was the uh, production manager came up to me afterwards and she goes, Father, I have to ask you, what was that thing you did with your hands? I'm like, oh, I was just, I was talking about a dichotomy point. And she goes, Hmm. Because hmm. it looks strangely like the same symbol that you do on your Twit network for your NSFW show. I was like, oh, oh busted. busted. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, so they pulled it down. They pulled it down. They're like, I'm sorry. You know, she's like, I, I'm personally okay with it, but the network doesn't let us do any sort of secret symbols. So they, had, they, they took it down and it kind of bummed me out. <laughs> so so no, no Masonic handshakes and stuff on Al Jazeera. No, like, exactly. Exactly. I'm sure Alex Jones is looking at that. And he is going out of his mind. He's like, oh, Illuminati, oh. Illuminati, <laughs> murder pills. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a lot of fun, Padre. I know the Padre is a big Whovian, and we are joined today by Colleen Hillerup from Reversed Polarity. I love the name, first of all, the Reversed Polarity Convention. And Thank this you. one's happening in Toronto. In, in Toronto, it's actually technically in Richmond Hill, but it's, it's still... Just on the border, but uh, the Toronto area in November, right at the beginning of November, just to get in the mood for the uh, 50th anniversary celebrations. So. Now, is this the first convention? I mean, is this uh, your first convention, or is this something you do yearly? This is the first reverse polarity, uh, but it's put on by TCON that have been doing the Polaris convention. I mean, you might have heard of it, uh, the name Toronto Trek, which the original name, and then and then it was uh, Polaris, and now it's reverse, so Polaris, reverse polarity. Non-Doctor Who geeks, uh, reverse polarity, I would say primarily the third doctor, John Pertwee. Third doctor, John Pertwee would say reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. It's kind of like the neutrino beam on Star Trek. It solved everything. <laughs> so, so what's going to be happening at Reverse Polarity? What's uh, what are the events? What's happening? I, I'm I'm coming. Uh, I'm going. It's oh, awesome! It's a uh, if anybody'd been to Polaris or or um, other fan run conventions, often you um, guests panels, which are like discussion groups. Uh, there's a dance. There's two dances actually. There's there's the Friday night party with a dance, and then there's the bigger the big dance on uh, Saturday night after the masquerade. Masquerade's like a costume competition, though there'll be costumes all, all the days I'm sure, oh, and yes. uh, some fun contests, all sorts of things going on for the weekend. Uh, so. Colleen, let me ask you about that because uh, <laughs> my experience with costume balls and such come from Dragon Con and Comic Con. Is it as elaborate at a who uh, a Whovian meetup? I mean, will you have the full-on sixty doctors and sixty companions and people depends dressed up on, as all depends, sorts of characters? Depends on what people what people uh, decide to wear. There's been a lot more costuming since the show came back in two thousand and five. So uh, than I used to see at conventions, and it's 
it's going to be, so I think there'll be lots of doctors. There'll be some Daleks, I'm sure. There's some amazing Daleks that, uh, that you see at some of the local conventions. Uh, if you don't know what a Dalek is, it's, uh, it's, it's <laughs> oh, yeah. the doctor's first you know enemy. So. Yeah. If you don't know what a Dalek is, shame on you. Shame on you. Let me that's just let me say that. That's, By the way, that's, anyone that's who shows up dressed up as a Dalek, now that that is dedication. Seriously, because that is not an easy thing to pull off. And uh, actually, uh, you're connected with Doctor Who Society of Canada as well, so I know that Dalek Oric will probably be there. I think Dalek Oric. Um, there's a there's they have a few Daleks now. I'm not sure who's going to show up, but that's a reason to come to the convention. See which Daleks show up. And we may have some Daleks that we haven't met before, too. So, I know the Doctor Who Society's got some great Daleks. They've got, like, the old Emperor Dalek. and I mean... That thing's huge, yeah. That thing's huge. <laughs> it wouldn't even fit in, like, a minivan. <laughs> they they got to bring it in an 18-wheeler. I'm ready. I got my Doctor coat, got my uh, sonic screwdriver. We're good to go. <laughs> Once you've got a sonic screwdriver, you can do anything now. So that's... Uh, you're prepared. So, Colleen, I hope you stick around. We're going to talk some Doctor Who news later. It might be spoiler-ish. We might have to cover our years. Uh-oh. I'm not sure. I might know. <laughs> <laughs> but it is great to have a Whovian on, and we do have some Doctor Who news. Uh, we're also joined today by Pat Flewelling, CrimeWritersCanada.com. Oh, I'm getting that right, I hope, this time. <laughs> yes, you are. And we're going to talk a little bit today, uh, Pat, about... Yes. Judge not. Judge not. I got to get a not. copy... I'm going to get a copy out to the book, guys. Tell tell us about, we didn't uh, get to talk too much about Judge Knot last week, um, or the last time you were on, anyways. Tell us a bit about the story of of, uh, Judge Knot. I know your your co-writer is Jonathan Parker. Well, more importantly, he's he's not just the co-writer. This is actually his life story. This is actually a non-fiction story. So he's the one who is obviously been there done that but he also compiled all the research notes he uh, he's even worked with others as well for a movie script and in fact this is what this is judge not it's actually the novelization of the original movie script it's really a fascinating story i cannot wait to see this thing in film uh, and tell us about the story uh, what, what's it about well like i said it's about jonathan parker and what he's uh, he's been through over the, the the last couple of decades actually it starts as early as uh, the 1970s, but most of it happens in the 1980s. Uh, what happened was, um, after being associated with uh, a friend, just an investor, he finds himself very shortly the victim of uh, some police harassment, and not just any police, but uh, our world-famous national police, the RCMP. So it's something of... Uh, it's something of a of a heartbreak actually to see the level of corruption the, at least these two individuals got themselves into, especially for the RCMP. I mean, we are supposed to be the Dudley Do Rights, right? But that was not the case here. So the whole story is not only about the corruption that happened, but also the fallout from there. I mean, once you get involved if with with crime, whether you did it or not, as soon as it makes the papers. It hits the community, and the community hits back. So part of the story is not only what he's been through, but also what his family has been through. How did the media react? How did the community react to that? And it's, I, I, knowing, knowing a lot of police officers here in Toronto, it must have been really hard for him to write something like this because 
it's a very tight knit. I'm gonna do this. Very tight knit community. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there was a dichotomy, dichotomy there too, that, because yes. <laughs> yes, there was some corruption, but there's also there's a lot of heroes in this story. Place as well. So one thing. Some people say, "Oh, this is a story about police corruption." No, it's it's more than that. I'm not I'm out sorry, to say. For the yep. rest of my life, anytime I hear dichotomy, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. <laughs> there you go. You have to remember, remember, this is the proper way to do it. If you do it like this, that's not the, that's not the sign. It has to be like this. Oh, uh, okay. Is yeah, you got to back it up. Yeah. All right. That gives it some context. Beautiful. Oh, by Pat, Pat, I I just I want to say uh, on on the recording. Um, I, I love the fact that you're encouraging writing. I love the I, I love this concept of this book. But have you given any thought to renaming your group the Canadian Crime Syndicate? Because I'm I, seriously, I mean, just in my heart of hearts, I, I would love that. It, it would it would just tickle me pink. <laughs> I think uh, the RCMP may have a problem with that. <laughs> we may end up with a few extra uh, investigations. Um, but you know what? Could, I could make for up. some good chapters. Uh, that, well, that not kind of only that, but. It'll it'll really drive some uh, some additional traffic to our website, no Definitely. doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Canadian, Canadian Crime Syndicate International. <laughs> Speaking of that, See, I just, I just realized marketing. It's marketing for once. It's all about the marketing. We're not outnumbered today. We got three Canadians and two Americans. I think this is hey! a, a book guys show yeah. first. <laughs> what do you know about that? Hey, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hoser. <laughs> hey, long-time listeners know I'm more likely to say uh than a. So take a. off, eh? A. Take a. off, uh. <laughs> Pat, I'm gonna get a copy of Judge Not. I know you were so nice to send uh, a whole bunch to us. I'm gonna yes. I get a copy out to the book guys. I know we're gonna have some left over. We're gonna donate those on your behalf to uh, the Operation Santa Claus. Operation Santa Claus. So yes, uh, at absolutely. the end, end of May, we're up to about half a skid. Literally half a pallet of books and audiobooks. Uh, going to Canadian soldiers who are in theater, as they say, in theater uh, across the world. Apparently, we're in like 50 countries. Who knew? Although I am wondering how you ship a pallet of audiobooks. <laughs> believe, believe it or not, they actually ship these things by boat, which is why the, the cutoff is in June. It actually goes on like a Navy boat that, you know, takes like two months to get there. What can you do? All but right. uh, that, yeah, that. the nice soldiers have said they're going to uh, drop by with a uh, transport right here to the studio here and uh, pick up all the stuff. They're, they're going to float a boat right up to the studio? Right up to the shoreline that here. That's awesome. Wow. I, I want to come and see that. That is <laughs> some that Canadian I innovation right there. Uh, hey, guys, we're going to take a quick little break because it's about that time. And just before we do, I want to tell everybody about one of our sponsors, which is Squarespace. If you're an author and you really don't know how to make a website and you don't have that super technical nerd friend, that geeky guy in your life that's going to build it for you, sometimes it'll cost you a fortune if you go with these you know, boutique places. Check out Squarespace. Go to bookguys.ca slash Squarespace. Starting at $7 a month. I mean, if, if you have like a book or two to promote, you get a bunch of pages, a bunch of features. It's really easy to do. If you know how to use Microsoft Word, you know how to build a website on Squarespace. And their support is top of the line. And anything we promote here on Book Guys, I believe in, we believe in. I just moved to the bookguys.ca site. Sir Jimmy, how quick is that site now? Oh, man, it's unbelievable how much faster it downloads now. I mean, 
it was painful before, and I never noticed it until you said it was slow. And then when you changed it and I loaded it up, I mean, it was like I'm, I, I figured it out. It's like 66% faster. You can try for free. Bookguys.ca slash Squarespace. You don't even need a credit card or a sonic screwdriver. You just got to get in there, do it. It's free, no credit card. Try it out. Build your site. It'll take you an hour at most and see if you like it. Then give them your credit card. Why not? That's how it works. <laughs> We're going to be right back. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with a bunch of book news, some Doctor Who stuff. It's going to be crazy. I am Dalek Barrick from DoctorWhoSociety.com. You are listening to The Book Guy Show. Continue, or you will be exterminated! Hi, this is Colin Ferguson. I play Sheriff Jack Carter on Eureka, and you're listening to The Book Guys. And we're back, Padre, and you know what? We usually do book news first, but I think this week we're going to do this. I finally took the dive, Padre. It's not a dive. You are coming over to the light side, my son. That's right. You are getting away from the closed down walled garden that is the Apple ecosystem and stepping into the light, <laughs> the great and glorious light that is Android. You know, Padre, what you got there, Paul? Right off the bat, this is the, as you uh, recommended to me, the Galaxy Nexus 7, uh, $240 plus tax in Canada. Can Canadian, uh, you know. It's, it's Canadian. Yeah. yeah Canadian. Uh, currency anyways i am loving it so far loving it padre it's a well-built machine solid i gotta be honest with everyone though the reason i'm loving this is because i can get uTorrent on it <laughs> so i i can watch doctor who when it comes yeah. out yeah. next sunday when i'm at uh, family easter dinner because with the lockdown ipad that ain't happening so so right. far the only right. use i found over the apple devices is Quasi illegal. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing about the that Android device. Okay, so the one that you're holding in your hands, that is the seven inch. That is the the tablet that showed that a seven inch device would work. Because before that, there were plenty of seven inch tablets that people looked at and they dismissed. I mean, I I must have had at least uh, what two dozen go through my lab, and all of them were kind of like, well, it's okay, but the price isn't right, or it doesn't feel good. It's sluggish. This one, it's fast. You know, they started at two hundred dollars or less. Uh, they did so many things right in the styling and just the the, the components that they picked. And the, you know, I, I hate to say this, but Apple copied it. When you look at the mini iPad, they didn't even start working on that until they realized, oh my gosh, people are buying the seven-inch tablet. And now I know people who were die-hard iPad fans who said they would prefer their iPad Mini over their full-size iPad. It's it's. I think this. That's that seven-inch factor is the one that people actually want to carry with them. Uh, and, you know, the whole thing about, oh, no, I got to put antivirus on it. To be honest, I typed in antivirus into the store, downloaded AVG for free. It's running. It hasn't affected the speed. It's zippy. Yep. And now I feel like uh, back in the 90s when, you know, when Captain Picard was getting prepared to go to battle, he would have, like, you know, 10 tablets all around him. And I always thought, well, that's silly. Why wouldn't they just have one tablet and multitask? Now I'm that guy. Now <laughs> you, know, you are that I'm guy. I'm watching a movie on this one while checking my email on my iPhone and doing something else on the iPad. I'm that guy. So. 
Now, the, the funny thing is I've actually uh, encouraged several other people to get uh, a Nexus 7, and they were all iOS people. They had an iPad, iPhone, uh, MacBook, and to a person, they all really, really like the, uh, the, the 7, the Nexus 7. Now, they haven't stopped using any of their, their iOS devices because that's not what it's designed to do. It's just designed to show you there are other alternatives. You can run plenty of just some really, really good apps on a Nexus 7. Pretty much everything you could run on iOS, you can run on Android. It's, it's hit a really nice price point. I know because you're in Canada, you get that weird, I, I don't know why it costs more than in the United States because you're, you're almost, we've got, we're at parity, it shouldn't, but whatever, okay, fine. We're off by about like, half a percent, and I still I know, have to pay it's, $40 it's silly. more. Well, uh, Australians, Australians get the same thing because they, the products were priced when the dollar was stronger, and now they're still paying the same amount, even though there's parity. But okay, let's let's get past that. It's a good device. It feels good in the hand. It lasts a long time, and it's a price point where you could actually buy a couple of those and give them out as gifts. You could never do that when you were dealing with an iPad, unless you were filthy rich, or unless you ran the Canadian Crime Syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what, Padre? Another one of my barriers to to switching to Android. I've always said is, you know what, I've spent hundreds of dollars on apps. I'm, you know, I'm going to have to buy them all again. One of the sad things I found out today was that most of the apps I've bought, I don't really use them. <laughs> you know, as soon as, as long as I got my Audible on there, my Kindle, my Netflix, you know, little Twit Live, Drudge Report, I'm sorted. And I can now, download these are, And you're talking about <laughs> apps you don't have to buy. The ones you use are not ones that you have to buy. Right. The ones I actually use are the ones that were yeah. free anyways, and they're, they're free on the Google Play Store as well. Go figure. Now, Paul, have you used Google Now at all yet? I haven't, no. Okay, here's, here's the thing. With your tablet, you now have access to Google Now and Google Cards. Believe it or not, that is one of the coolest features you will ever get on an Android device. So let me, let me give you a, an example. On my phone... I actually did this just to see if it actually would work. Um, I'm always asking my device, where's the nearest Chinese food restaurant? Or where's the nearest burger place? Or, and so it actually starts looking at my habits. And then I started asking, um, I have pain in my left arm. Or, uh, you know, <laughs> I can't breathe. It will actually start saying, looking at, through the history of your searches, you may be suffering a serious event. Emergency rooms near you. This is how long it will take you. Should I call a cab? Wow! It, it's and it's crazy. I mean, it, it's it's it actually starts learning your habits. And I thought it was so intrusive, and I thought it was it was kind of creepy until the first time it directed me to a restaurant that it thought I would like in a city I'd never been in. I'm like, oh wow, okay, wow. dang, this is kind of cool. Okay, silly, silly now, question. Now then. you're helping me. Silly now question. you're helping me. I know, I know Google makes all this great stuff that sometimes isn't that easy to use because they're, they're great technology guys, but they're not so great user interface guys. How, how do I use Google now? Uh, okay, so let, let's try, uh, just try an experiment really quickly um, because it might be enabled. Be really quiet for a second and then say, Google. I have to press a button? No? No, just say Google. Google, not enabled. Okay, so it's not enabled. Okay, so go ahead and turn that on. What you want to do is press and hold that center home button. Press and hold it, and you'll see like oh. a little circle pops up. And slide it to now. 
I'll try. Here we go. Okay, slide. Oh, click on the little Google. Yeah. Well, look here. So let me show you on mine. So mm -hmm. I'm going to press and hold this. Ah, I see. And I go Discover. up to Google. Yes, yes, I'm here. Okay. And then watch. I can do this. Google. Yes, Father. How old is Leo Laporte? Oh, I have the volume turned all the way down. Let's try that 75 again. 75 years old. How old is Leo Laporte? Leo Laporte is 56 years old. And it will give me like all his history wow. and such. <laughs> it's hey, actually kind of cool. Leo looks like that, that uh, character Colleen was holding up. Ooh. Oh, my God. I just realized Leo is the doctor. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he is. <laughs> That's great. Google, where am I? You know what? Maybe it doesn't work for Canadians. Maybe it thinks you're adding something metaphysical. It did it. It I, worked. Oh, yeah, it did it. Yeah. It yeah. Now, great. see, here's the thing. The, the thing about now is you have to use it because if you don't use it much, it doesn't know what you want. But right. the more you use it, the more it learns your habits. Oh, interesting. Like okay. Gmail. Like Gmail. Oh, and another thing. So start using Chrome on all your computers and use Chrome on the, the tablet because all your searches and your bookmarks automatically sync across. So it's kind of cool. It, you know, eh, you know it's, it's, it's this idea <sighs> of the persistent presence on the Internet. And that's, Padre, that's what Android's all about. Padre is going to bring me to the dark side. No, no, son. I'm bringing you to the light side. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Oh, we got some technology news. Um, now, Padre, you ruined my night. I'm going to be playing with Google now all night. Uh. <laughs> but, hey, let's, go like to, let's go to the dark side. Apple uh, just patented, looks to protect dropped iPhones by shifting their orientation mid-flight. Kind of neat. They want to put a little uh, cylinder object with a weight in it. So if you drop your phone, it will orientate your phone so that it lands on the cheap glass back flat, which is like a $30 replacement rather than your $200, $300 screen. So as it's falling, it will actually, like a cat, land on its feet. It, this is actually very cool tech. Uh, so the whole idea is it's using the sensors that are already built into it, the accelerometer and the tilt sensor. And... Um, the worst possible way for you to drop your phone is an edge drop. If you drop an edge drop, you will crack something. Whereas if you drop it on the back, like Paul mentioned, that, that the, the breakable glass, when it breaks, it actually absorbs the force of the impact. So that's where you want the phone to land. Uh, now, the cool, now, the interesting thing will be what happens the first time someone drops it and it doesn't land on the back. And they claim, oh, your stupid technology actually put it into an orientation that it broke worse. Eh, we'll see. It's kind of cool, but I don't know if it'll work. Andre, you just made me think about the, the only advantage of having three, well, two tablets and a mini tablet now is I can break two of them. I can still listen to Audible. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what else you could do? If you, if you broke two of your tablets and still had a device, you could always go over to Hollow Books and uh, find the best way to hide uh, anything you know, that you need to keep listen, away from prying eyes. Andre, you don't want to go to Hollow Books. You want to go to Free hollow books because they free hollow books. That's right. Free oh, yeah. hollow book free. every month. <laughs> yeah, if you, I think if you go to hollow books, I think I think it's a virus Trojan uh, zombie computer site. 
sweet. Yeah. Avoid that. It's probably a porn site. You don't want to go there. Hey, we got some porn news. No, it's later, not porn. Don't and it is relevant to books. <laughs> no, at freehollowbooks.com, we, we have porn. We just found our show title. It's probably a porn site. It probably is. <laughs> hey, uh, I don't know if, uh, Sir Jimmy, you use the podcast app to listen to podcasts? No, I use Downcast. And you probably use Downcast because the podcast apps really sucked. Well, they, they've yes. updated that. They've removed all the skeuomorphism in it, the, the stupid tape thing that went around. Now, I'm, I'm 40 years old. I know what a reel-to-reel tape deck is, you know, back from back in the day. I know what that is. But the 20-year-old using the iPhone probably wouldn't even know what a cassette tape is, never mind a, a TIAC reel-to-reel, right? They weren't listening to Led Zeppelin on, you know, reel-to-reels. So that's gone out of it. They've simplified it. Apparently, it works now. And it's too late for me because I'm using Downcast and it works. I, I, I disagree with this decision. I think they should have doubled down and they should have gone into like full 8-track. Eight 8-track. Eight like visual 8-track. Oh, yeah. Vinyl, Vinyl would have been yeah. great. Yeah. Or wax have cylinders. You, <laughs> have you never met a hipster before? Oh. <laughs> yeah, li- living downtown. There, you know what? I think there's three vinyl shops in my neighborhood. Kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just rounding up technology, Padre, would you guess, I just found this as I was going through George R. R. Martin's, uh, his forum, what does George R. R. Martin use to, re- uh, to write his books? Typewriter. A little, a little bit higher, a little bit higher. Quill and blood. He uses WordStar <laughs> on a DOS Word. computer. WordStar. Oh my gosh, I remember that back in the day. That is awesome. <laughs> Read letters on a black background. Uh, like he doesn't use like Scrivener or any any of these great software that's out there. Not even Pages or Word. WordStar. He says uh, they asked him why, and he said, because wow. there's been no improvement in uh, word uh, processing technology since you know. So I always thought that he was using something like Scrivener because of all his intricate plot details and you know twists and turns. No, it's all it's all up in his noggin. Unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, that's that's interesting because just uh, right before I, I came online, I was upstairs talking uh, with my brothers and we were discussing the different experiences of doing uh, master's and doctoral dissertations. And so, you know, we were talking, my generation, of course, we're all talking about how, oh, yeah, we started off with older computers and maybe WordPerfect and then you had to move over to Word when WordPerfect started falling apart. And then you went a generation before that and the guys were talking about WordStar. And, and then you went a generation before that and guys were talking about, I remember when I had to make a special request to get a typewriter and how I kept all my carbons so that I would have two copies. I would have right. the, the copy I typed on, the copy from the carbon, and I would keep the carbon as like a third emergency copy just in, just case. in case something happened. <laughs> it's, it's amazing what technology does for writing. It really does. I mean, can you can you imagine now? If Pat, Pat, you're writing the next chapter, yeah. you can easily go forward and back and move things around and, and say, you know what, this paragraph looks better at the beginning of the chapter than at the end. I can't imagine what it must have been like to say, wow, I've got this 40-page this chapter and it is completely wrong and these sentences are wrong. I'm just going to have to retype the whole thing. Not reprint, retype it. Yeah. But, you know, at least with, actually, when I first started writing, it was by hand, and then it was by, yes, a manual typewriter, and then we finally upgraded to a daisy wheel. That was fantastic. But, you know, when you're up to page 300 and it's a fantastic novel, 
if you if it's typewritten, the only way you could lose it or destroy it is by setting it on fire. Here, all you have to do is just hit the wrong button, and a year's work is gone. Or or drop your iPad on its corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or drop the iPad. Well, well I, 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 our guys have uh, the, you know we have one guy here who did his doctorate back in the, like the forties, and he talks about how. As he was doing his doctorate, he had a safe deposit box, and one copy would go into the safe deposit box, and it was, he was that paranoid about losing any of his data. And now I know guys who, I, I can't believe it, not only do they not print up a hard copy as they go through their doctorates, but they might only have one copy of the file on like a USB thumb drive. And I'm thinking, are you out of your mind? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you always have to have an off-site backup, whether you're writing or, yeah. you know putting together a Doctor Who convention. Uh, was it Francis Ford Coppola who lost an entire movie? Because he had a backup on a USB drive. So a guy broke into his house, took the computer and the USB drive. And the USB drive. Oh. <laughs> oh. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know what? Well, now, sorry. I, I want to just quick question to, to both of our guests, to Pat and Colleen. Um, Pat, you mentioned that you, you updated to the daisy wheel. Did yes. either of you ever use the old IBM Selectric with the ball, the ball of yes. death? Do you <laughs> not miss that ball? I love the no. feel of that ball. Really? No, no, not not even oh. no, not even a little bit. No. Go ahead, Colleen. No, we had my grandmother's antique antique typewriter, and then I went to electric. So. Uh, oh, fancy electric! <laughs> I know. <laughs> Most people, most most of my generation, don't understand why Enter has it looks like that little down and then arrow because it's a yeah. carriage return. They won't even know what a carriage is. But it's like, no, if you grew up with a typewriter, this mm -hmm. is a carriage return. Right, and you had to wait for it. Ka ching <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the sound, the ding, was so gratifying. <laughs> ding! <laughs> the line is done. That's right. Exactly. Just... Mitch Hedberg, like Mitch Hedberg's uh, editor, said, "Hey, Mitch, you're going to have to rewrite this." He said, "Hell with that! I'll just make a photocopy." <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! Brilliant! Hey guys, we're going to do a little bit of this because it's time. Books on film and television. I don't think we need the cloister bell this week, as it's not really a spoiler. But uh, we're just months and months and months away from, of course, November 11, 23, November 23rd. It's going to be the 50th anniversary yes. of Doctor Who. Looking forward to it. Matt Smith has been very good not to spoil anything other than one word he said, paintings. I believe it was on Craig Ferguson or one of the late night shows, and he said paintings. It's the only spoiler he gave away. Uh, he has said now that after he finished reading the only copy of the script, I mean, even uh, even the, the show producers aren't walking around with scripts. So secretive. After he sat there with someone watching him, read the entire script, he says he stood up and clapped. It's a funny episode, lots of humor, and he says no one's going to be disappointed. So, looking forward. Mm. Nobody being disappointed I, I to a Doctor Who fan. That's a big thing to say. <laughs> that is. I got to ask this since we've got the the Hoosian crowd here. Are we due for a regeneration? They, uh, the sun, which means nothing in in the UK, 
posted that he was going to leave after next year, but I don't. I think that's pretty. Uh, pretty much not your your best basis for uh, good reporting. No. I don't know how you feel about this, but uh, I love Matt Smith. I, he's talented. He's funny. He he adds something to the Doctor that we. I don't think we've seen. We may have never actually even seen in a Doctor before. But I still miss David Tennant. I, I don't know what it is. I, 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 he's my doctor. I don't know why. I miss yeah. Tom Baker. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, 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 Eccleson. Miss John Gershwin. The, yeah. the only thing I'm, I'm hoping that they do in the next generation is not spoil it like they did the last two. Yeah. I don't want to hear it's, about it. It's a big publicity point, and it's, it, it's not. I mean, that's been going on for a long time. That's big news in England, and it's been big news. Same with, with uh, New Companions, you know, the doctor's assistant always, it's yeah. big news. And it's, so for that not to get out in this day and age, it's, it's, it's a lot to I ask, think, but it would make it a lot it cooler for sure. Yeah, it, it, yeah, but I mean, with, with all the rumor mongering pages, with, with people literally like waiting outside of lots and photographing the people going in and out, could could you do that now? Could you have a complete mm-hmm. surprise doctor or a surprise companion? I don't think that could happen. The thing with the master, the thing with Derek Jacobi, that was kind of people were surprised by that. But I think that the spoilers were probably out there. I was trying to avoid them. Uh, that when the master turned out to be who the master was, it was a big, uh, and that's probably the closest. And, I, and I'm sure it's just that I was being naive, and there were people that knew. <laughs> I see Sir Jimmy's got his uh, fourth Doctor scarf on, and uh, I don't think the Doctor believe- smokes though. The doctor didn't smoke? No, no. Tom Baker didn't have a pipe. He might have, but he never lit it. <laughs> oh, when he was Sherlock Holmes, he did, but not on Doctor. <laughs> hey, Sir Jimmy, you know, last uh, last episode we were talking about something about She-Hulk. Was a She-Hulk yes. uh, the, the novel? Mm. And, and you chimed in, played by China, and I thought you were joking. Apparently, ex-wrestler China is taking on the X-rated She-Hulk movie role. Mm. <laughs> I told you there was porn slash book news. My question to you, Padre, is how does Disney allow this? Is this anywhere in the realm of fair use to take their She-Hulk property, make an actual movie out of it, it's probably going to make a lot of money, and have a naked lady in it? Believe it or not, actually that would fall within fair use because you could argue that this is satire. This is a parody. Parody is protected as a, a form of free speech. Wow. And uh, the best thing you can do if you want to be protected is to put in the actual title of the movie the word a parody, you know? <laughs> right. right. Say, it, say, hey, this is a parody. Just put it in real small font. Uh, and in, along it the same lines. It doesn't make it any more tasteful, but. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not just oh, no. Disney. Thank not goodness. just Disney. Warner also getting treaded upon here. Uh, Alex Braun dropped this. Kimberly Kane. Is going to be playing Wonder Woman in Wonder Woman Triple X. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> the the he, Wonder Woman Triple X looks better than the Wonder Woman that the other people come up with. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say right now is I'm taking a look at a still the still shot here of her costume. She's fully clothed, folks. Still fully clothed. But that looks like the Wonder Woman that I know and remember from the comic books. And she looks like a strong figure, you know, a strong... Uh, you know, female character, strong hero. I'm looking at this and thinking, why can't we have a strong Wonder Woman character 
wearing the, the traditional outfit. Why does she have to have this almost burqa on, like the, the, the one that David E. Kelly has put forth, where yeah, this woman's fine. wearing yeah. jeans and a jacket? And How can, like a James Bond, walk around with tight jeans? That's okay, he's still a strong, intelligent man. But if a woman, you know, dresses a little bit provocative, all of a sudden that's no longer a strong character. I, I don't... Am I off here? Am I just too old and bigoted? Am I just a... <laughs> Colleen, I, I think Colleen needs to speak up here. I said I liked Linda Carter, so she was uh, in the traditional one. The classic. Yeah. The classic. <laughs> no, exactly. I, I mean, yes. I, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking back well, to Linda Carter, the Linda Carter uh, TV show, where she was a strong character. I mean, for the time, it was very forward-thinking, and she was scantily clad, but th that really didn't affect her character. Am I off here, Pat? I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but what I can say is, you know, when I go into a comic book store, I really don't want to feel like I've just walked into the world's skankiest female locker room. I don't need to have those in my face, thank you very much. <laughs> you know? So, I, like I said, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Oh, Lord. And, and ju just <laughs> for the record, too, so it's very tasteful. When I, when I have dressed up as Wonder Woman, people have felt that it was particularly sexist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last book on television news here, we have uh, UFC champion Georges St-Pierre will be playing French kickboxing master Georges Batroc, also known as Batroc the Leap Leaper. Batroc the Leaper? In uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. That one could be interesting as well. He may be scantily clad, I don't know. You know, I, I really love what they've done with that franchise. And it, imagine, think back to how much time Marvel and uh, all the associated studios needed to build up to the Avengers. All the different properties that they developed mm -hmm. from the Hulk to Iron Man to Captain America and Thor. And it's paying off in spades. And now you've got, you know, you've got DC. DC is trying to do the same thing. But somehow the idea of a Justice League movie doesn't quite get me excited like the next Avengers movie. And the reason for that is because Marvel spent the last 20 years getting ready for this. The DC movies aren't really tied in. The Batman's not connected to the Superman, to the so cast them. You're going to put these guys that don't even really seem to fit in the same universe. So. Yeah, I, right. th I think DC, yeah, exactly. they're trying to fix that now, Padre. Uh, it looks like uh, the Man of Steel is going to be tied up with the Dark Knight. Of course, the same mm -hmm. producer and whatnot, and they've they basically put the kibosh on uh, the all the Justice League movies. They kept rebooting and you know yep. they kept firing and starting. They actually started production I think at one point and, and cut it out. They are going to be using uh, Carville and um, what's his name, Bale, in the yep. Justice League movie. I think they're finally seeing the light that Avengers made like a billion dollars and. Going that route, maybe maybe one wanted to, yeah. But I mean, th th think back to like Hulk, and there was that special bonus scene where Tony Stark walks into the bar and talks to the general, mm -hmm. or you know, think about uh, Thor, and you've got Hawkeye, uh, and and Coulson. You know, just it, it doesn't have to be a big way, but you cross over certain elements, and and you really do build a following. It, it, it it's crazy how how excited people get when when they think. Wow, we've got a whole continuum of, of movies that make its own universe. And it really does bring out the comic book geek. That's what comic book geeks have always loved. 
about comics, the, these universes that you form. Well, finally, there's a studio that gets, we could do the same thing with movies and, yeah, make a billion freaking dollars. Which I, I believe that's one of the goals of the Canadian Crime Syndicate. <laughs> Actually, one of the goals of the Canadian, my Canadian Crime Syndicate is to have it's... more than one female Avenger. <laughs> uh, it's true. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, why like is the it one that... that started the Avengers, maybe, Wasp? Yeah. Only female Avenger we have right now has no superpowers, which is like, hmm, come on. Let's, we got a couple of strong females in, in the Marvel Universe. Let's bring them in. She-Hulk. Especially when it's Joss, whose strength is fighting strong women. Yeah. You, uh, think about, think yeah. about Joss Whedon. All the... Over the years of strong women who have... And, and, you know, you look at Buffy. You look at Angel. You look at Firefly, where Firefly, arguably yeah. the, strongest, the strongest character is, is, uh, is either Inara or, uh, you know... Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jewel. Jewel Zoe. Strait. Yeah. Summer Glau. Hmm. Summer Glau, yeah. No, there were well, a number of strong women in that. So. Yeah, they were all strong. I, they dominated. They yeah. dominated. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Paul, by the way, Avengers 1.5. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, DC, third all time. DC's got quite a... Behind James Cameron yep. and James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's been a great time with you all. I know it's uh, getting late, as always. Doctor Who... Yeah. Reverse polarity convention. Tcon.ca slash reverse polarity. We get that. And Thank of course, you. not a problem. It's what I do. And Pat Flowelli, of course, <laughs> crimewriterscanada.com, as always. Yes. We're lo looking forward in uh, probably another week or two. We're all going to get together. All the book guys. Judge yeah. not. Judge not. So looking forward to it. I'm, uh, I'm just started. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll all talk about it. And I just wanted to end off the show by saying that we were going to have Scott Brick on, and uh, I, I contacted him, and I didn't know, and I wasn't going to say anything on the show, but he did put out on his personal website, Scott Brick, of course, the famous audiobook narrator. Uh, if you go to scottbrickpresents.com, you'll learn that Scott has uh, fallen ill with cancer, and oh, that's no. the reason why he, uh, he's in treatment right now. Um, problem with his thyroid, and for someone who... Makes a living off their voice. He didn't want to you know, go through surgery and uh, have his neck cut open, understandably. Uh, he is going through some uh, pioneer slash, you know, new uh, cancer treatment. And, he, you know, he was lucky enough to get it accepted. And our best wishes to Scott Brick. Get better, friend. We'd like to see you on the show. Uh, I know cancer has touched my life. And, Padre, can you cover your ears? I'm going to end it off with, cancer <laughs> so no, actually I, I i believe i believe there that's the official church stance on that <laughs> I believe, <laughs> they, they may use different words just saying end of the show on a high note folks as always <laughs> gonna play the lullaby guys thank you so much we will have you all back on again uh can't wait i'm gonna go to that dr who convention it's gonna be a lot of fun you'll see me there i'm this guy i'll be the guy with the green coat on Padre, thank you. Sir Jimmy, Colleen, Pat, a pleasure Stay as always. Tuned, book readers and book listeners, Book Guide Show will return next week. Same book time, same book channel.